Hey, and welcome to part two of Sunday's message. What are you carrying that you should be casting? If you haven't listened to part one, I would encourage you to go back and listen on our app or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can get that now. It's called What Are You Carrying That You Should Be Casting? And I just didn't get to finish all of that message on Sunday. And so we really addressed the root problems and the causes and the issues but we didn't actually talk about what I'm calling paths to healing. And so we talked about Psalm 55, 22, which says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He shall never let the righteous be shaken. And in the original Hebrew, that word shaken actually means to totter or teeter. And so on Sunday, what I did is I used the illustration of a Jenga set and the game of Jenga and talked about how when you, you know, you take the brick out of the Jenga and you place it on top and you keep doing this and it creates these holes or deficiencies. And, you know, it's similar to when we go through pain or trauma or, you know, we're dealing with the sin or issue in our life. There's these holes. And what we do is rather than casting our cares to God, what we'll do is we'll, you know, stack these cares on ourselves, we'll take them on ourselves. And what it does is it creates, just like in the game of Jenga, it creates this instability in our life. And so, you know, we talked about how there was three major causes to this. Number one, that we have problems to neglect. In other words, that we just don't want to deal with the problem, right? Maybe you're in that place and maybe you've been in that place. You've got a problem in your life and you go, I'm just, if I'm being honest with it, it's going to be too difficult to deal with. And so what we do is we neglect that problem. Number two is that we have pain to reject. It's going to be too painful to go back and deal with maybe, you know, trauma from a divorce or trauma even from childhood, trauma maybe even from sin, you know, that you committed and uh, that it's just brought pain into your life. And so it's, it's too difficult to go back and to deal with that pain. So rather than dealing with it or giving it to God and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our life, what do we do? We take that pain on ourselves and we carry it. We carry something that we weren't meant to carry. And then number three, we said this, that there's this pressure to perfect or pressure to be perfect. And uh, and so in our society, I think that there is this, you know, we've got to have everything together, especially even in the church world, which is so backwards, right? Because um, we realize we're not perfect, that there was one perfect man. His name is Jesus, and that he is the author and perfecter of our faith, but yet we won't be perfect this side of eternity. Now, in eternity, we're going to be made like him. We will be made perfect. Um it will be restored back to that original state, the way that God designed it. But until that day, we are working to be perfect, uh, but we will never be perfect this side of eternity. So just take that pressure off. And, you know, there's no need to pretend we all have problems. We all have issues. So we identified those as the three problems. But uh, and you can hear more about that more in depth on those in part one. I would encourage you to go back and listen uh, if you didn't hear that, but we, I want to talk to you today about the paths of healing. This is part two, the paths of healing. So how do we get healed? And uh, I believe that there's three ways that I want to talk about, and these are primarily play into the second part of our vision, which is restored within, you know, restored with God is that first part of our vision. And we believe that happens as we'll confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're saved. 
And that restores our relationship with God. That's how we're restored is that we put our faith in Jesus. There's only one way to the Father, Jesus said, and that's through him. And so we go through Jesus, we confess him as our Lord and Savior that he died and rose again, and we're restored, our relationship with the Father is restored. But we believe that the second part of our vision and, and really what God wants for your life is that you would be restored within, not just a relationship restored to God, but also restored within. So how do you become restored within? And that's what we're really addressing and talking about in this sermon. Number one, I believe it's this. I believe that you reveal it. You reveal the issue. You reveal what you're going through. I believe, number one, that you reveal it to God, but I think you also reveal it to others. I think that's the importance of small group. And we really believe where restoration within begins is in small groups is that's where you really begin to find that in internal healing. Listen to this. Carl Rogers, he's an American psychologist, and he said this. He said, you feel anxious because growing up, parents and teachers and other adults made you feel deficient. They left those holes that I was talking about in that Jenga set. And that anxiety has translated into an unwillingness to let others know your true self. See, this all plays into that uh, pressure to be perfect. And so, you know, because maybe somebody judged you when you uh, were honest about something. So it made you feel like, well, I can't be honest because when I'm honest, um, you know, I, I, this was the response I received, I received from somebody. And so because that was the response that you received from someone, whether it be a parent or a teacher or, you know, a classmate, whoever it was, it, it created this thing that we go, okay, I, I have to be uh, perfect. But so Carl Rogers, he developed um, this type of psychology and it's called self-disclosure therapy. And so this is what he would do is he said, you know, psychologists should reveal something about themselves to make their patient feel more comfortable about opening up. And the cool thing about this is that even the medical world acknowledges that confessing things uh, leads to an internal healing. The medical world um, also acknowledges what the Bible talks about, because listen to what Proverbs 24, 6 says. It says, and in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And our minds and the enemy will convince us and tell us that the opposite is true, that if we hold our sin, our issue, whatever we're going through, if it's marital problems, you know, whatever it is, we need to cover and conceal those things, make it look like everything is good on the outside. So then that way people, you know, think more highly of us, whatever it may be. But the medical world and especially the Bible acknowledges that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. And, you know, our mind has convinced us or because of past experiences has convinced us that safety lies in secrets. Safety does not lie in secrets. And we talked about this uh, in part one. We talked about, you know, there's this saying that time heals all things. Well, time will only heal what you're willing to reveal and if you're not willing to reveal and bring these things into the open, time can actually cause things to fester, you know, almost like, uh, you know, leaving out food. If you just leave it out, it's going to eventually spoil. Time will spoil those things. 
time is only going to heal the things that you're willing to reveal. So we've got to have a multitude of counselors. That's why small groups are so important. That's why it's a vital part of what we do here at Restoration Church. So that's number one. Number one is that you got to reveal it, bring it out to the open. Number two is confess it. And you, you're going to hear this a lot at Restoration Church. It's one of our key verses for our vision, this vision of being restored within. But James 5, 16 says, confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be what? That you may be healed. If you want internal healing, where does it start? It starts with confessing your trespasses to one another. So you bring it out in the open. You reveal it to God. You go, hey, God, this is what I'm going through. Because a lot of times we want to, you know, even have this persona of being perfect to God. And God knows your issues before you even bring it to him. So reveal it to God. Confess it to someone else. Bring it to someone else and confess it. There's there's power in confession. We're, we're healed or our relationship with God is restored when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We receive healing within when we'll begin to confess our faults or our trespasses to one another. So we have to confess it. The best answer to depression and anxiety is community, is having people that we can do life with. And then the final thing is that we release it. We don't carry it anymore. What does Psalms 55, 22 teach us? Literally to cast our cares, to release it, to take everything that we have and to release it into the hands of God. And so that's what I really want to encourage you today is to, to take these three steps. Reveal it to God, number one. Confess it to somebody else, number two. And then number three, once you've done that, just release it. Give it over to God. I love what Philippians 4, chapter 6 through 8 says. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Look, look at the formula for that. So if you're going to be anxious about nothing, what do you have to do? You have to, in everything with prayer and supplication, that word supplication is like it's an earnest prayer. So prayer and earnest prayer with thanksgiving in worship. God, I thank you that I'm free. God, I thank you that I'm healed. So notice the posture of the heart as we pray. We're praying, we're praying earnestly, but we're also praying with thanksgiving. Let your request. So how do we how do we make our request known to God? Prayer earnest prayer and thanksgiving. We're letting, so it's God, I need this. Lord, I thank you for this. And you see, I thank you that I'm healed. And so it's it's a posture of prayer. And then it says, when you do that, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. Peace stands at your heart and it guards your heart when we'll constantly go, hey God, I this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. And I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I'm coming through. It then says that a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that we can't understand, stands at our heart and it guards our hearts. And then, watch this, because this is what I love. When you're tempted to go back and think on those things or take those things back from God and begin to carry those things again, it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of, are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, worthy, meditate on these things. So when you want to become anxious again, what do you do? You go back and you begin to think on the things that are true. What is true? God's word. I am free. I am healed. When I've taken these steps, when I'm applying the word of God to my life, I think on the things that are true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure. I begin to think on those things, whatever is lovely. I let my mind um, 
go heavenward rather than going downward. And, uh, and so those are the ways that we will continually cast those things off of my plate. God, it's not, it's not mine to handle. It's not mine to carry. But God, uh, it is yours to carry. And the Bible says, uh, I love all the stories of, of re, rebuilding. And I'll, I'll close with this, Jeremiah 33, 10 through 11. The Lord says this, you are about, you say, uh, let me go back. Jeremiah 33, 10 through 11. This is what the Lord says. You say about this place, it's a desolate place without animals. Yet in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither people nor animals, notice there's no life there. So Jeremiah is talking to a people in exile and he's saying, you'll say this about the desolate waste place. And I, I love that statement. It's not inhabited by people nor life. It's, you know, there's no life there. Um, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and gladness, the voice of bride and bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever, for I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before, says the Lord. I just want to encourage somebody today. You know, if this message hit home with you and you've been carrying things, and maybe you feel like, I, I want it, like there's no life. There's no life. Like you just feel lifeless. This is what the Lord would say. That there will be the voices of the bride and bridegroom again who bring thanks offerings into the house of the Lord. There's coming back sounds of praise. There's coming back life into your life, into your situation. So whatever you've been going through, whatever you've been carrying, you know, God gives beauty for ashes. Go back and listen to part one. There's so encouraging because God gives beauty for ashes. And so I just want to encourage you to, to take three, these three steps today. Reveal it. Give it over to God. Confess it. Find some community, a small group, men's, women's small group, marriage small group. Find a small group to get in community with that you can talk to people. And then number three, release it. After it's all done, cast your cares. Give it all over to God because you can't deal with it and handle it on your own. Only God can do that. So I want to encourage you to take those three steps. We love you, Restoration Church family, and we're praying for you. Looking forward to this weekend baptism service. It's going to be amazing. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just pray over every person. Pray that you touch them, speak to them, help them to cast all their cares on you because you care for us and you will sustain us. You won't allow us to teeter or totter, but God, you care for us. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, heal our hearts as we reveal it, confess it, and we release it to you. Heal our hearts. Let us be restored within. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday.